Thank you very much, church. Thank you. As Stephen said, it is very nerve-wracking when I was preparing the words and as I was getting ready to come and talk. But to be honest, in the worship, it's the first time for probably all week, certainly the last 24 hours, that I've actually managed to forget that I was about to preach. I just felt for 10, 15 minutes there that I was just in the anointing of God through the worship. So that was absolutely brilliant. Thank Isaac and the rest of the guys for that. So some of you may be wondering who this funny character is behind me. And it's, of course, Where's Wally? And that is the title of my sermon today. And this is something that's been on my heart for a while, something that I just feel like I want to share to the church. And of course, you'll find out as I go through it, but Wally, in this instance, represents Jesus. Where is Jesus? And for me, Where's Wally was one of my favorite books growing up. I would say, for me, it was quite an easy read because it was just pictures, but I loved Where's Wally. And if we just go to the next slide, Where's Wally was created by Martin Hanford in 1987, which is also the year of my birth, so an excellent year that was. But as you can see from the picture, the whole idea behind it is that he was asked to create a picture that had so many distractions in it, but there was one distinct character called Wally. And the whole idea is you have to find that character. I don't know if anyone can see him yet. Probably not, it's quite difficult to see, but I couldn't obviously leave it on that, so I'll highlight where he is for you in case people are wondering. There he is down the bottom left. So the, the whole idea about finding Wally and the only way to do it is to understand his character. We need to know what Wally looks like. It's impossible to do it unless you know that Wally has the, the stripy top, the hat, and all the characteristics of what Wally looks like. And for me, I just feel that's the same way with Jesus. Where is Jesus? We need to know the characteristics of Jesus. And it says in Hebrews 11, verse 27, and it's talking about Moses where he sees the invisible. He sees God. He sees Jesus. And sometimes it's hard in our lives as we go through the troubles and the busyness that we see in our lives to actually find where Jesus is. And I'm going to ask a question, but I don't expect an answer. But just because you can't find Wally, or just because you can't find Jesus, does that mean he's not there? Just because you can't find where Wally is in that picture, doesn't mean that he's not there. So how do we get to know Jesus' character? Well, for me, it's all about the names that represent who Jesus is, the I am's of the Bible. And we look at John, and it talks about Jesus being a good shepherd the light of the world, the bread of life, the true vine, he is the door, the way, the truth, and the life, he is the resurrection and the life. And all these characteristics help me to identify where Jesus is. And as I was thinking about this and as God's been speaking to me, I started to think back about various stages of my life and how God and how Jesus has been present for me. And 
One of them is the blessing that Hannah and I had when we received, when we kind of got our house, because we, we'd been praying for somewhere that we could start running the, the 20s and 30s for the young adults, and the house that we were renting wasn't quite kind of good enough to do that in. And to cut a very long story short, so many doors opened up that allowed us to get the house we're in now. But one of the most incredible stories was that the person who owned it before didn't have a building warrant. He didn't have a certificate to say that the house was actually fully certified to be built in terms of internal for the electricians and some of the components of it. And we need that to get a mortgage. You cannot get a mortgage on a house without having this. And the character of Jesus started to be revealed to me. The character of Jesus as a provider started to be revealed to Hannah and I. And it was on the Friday night, I was still at work at my old job, and I got a phone call about half past five by an unknown number. And it was a gentleman saying, oh, can I get your email address, please? Why do you want my email address? Because I did some work on that house and I have a building warrant that I need to email through to you. And if we never had that by the Monday, we wouldn't have got a mortgage and we wouldn't have got the house we're in now. And I just know that God is a provider and that's one of his characteristics. And the funniest thing about who that guy was, his name was Christian Hart. <laughs> now, God is a provider and his character has a sense of humor, but you know right there that he is a provider. And it's not all blessings. Sometimes God's character will reveal you as a comforter. And unfortunately for me, about six years ago, my mum passed away. I knew I shouldn't mention this. But she passed away with pancreatitis, which is a form of cancer in the pancreas. But I knew that God was a good shepherd. He was a comforter. And during that time, he put his arm around me and he kept me high and he kept me on track, invisible, and I knew who he was. But if I didn't know the characteristics of God or of Jesus, I would never have been able to do that. And it's, it's, not, it's not easy. It's not easy knowing the character of Jesus. But we need to change our attitude. We need to change our attitude so we can see him as a, as a provider and as a comforter and as a solution for peace. And it says in John 14, it says, let not, sorry, it says, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it's sufficient for us. And Jesus said, have I not been with you so long and yet you have known me, Philip? He has seen me. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak to my own authority, but the Father who dwells me does the work. And you see, when we find Jesus and when we see his character, we start to actually see that he represents the Father. He represents God.
and he's always going to be the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. And that's such an amazing characteristic of God. And we need, to, we need to understand that. We need to get a hold of it. And, and w- once we understand God's character, we can then move on to becoming available for God. You see, if you use the analogy of Wally, Wally representing Jesus, it's easy to find him once you know the characters. Once you know who he is, But at the same time, there's red herrings out there. There's things that want to put us off the track. I don't know if you just go to the next couple of slides, David. Next one as well. See, when they created Where's Wally, they created other characters to throw you off your track. So when you're trying to find Wally, there's similar characters that are trying to throw you. These are the red herrings. And it's just like that in our lives. Sometimes there can be things that we have doubt, we have fear in our life, and we feel that we're being thrown off the track of where Jesus is. And it's just like Daniel, he triumphed in the lion's den because he knew God's character, he knew the character of Jesus, and he focused on him. And even when he was told not to pray, he still made himself available to Jesus. He made himself available. Elijah focused on the Lord and stood before 850 false prophets. They were mocking him. But then as soon as he took his focus away on Jezebel, he went running and hiding. And we can be surrounded by various distractions. It can be work. It can be family. It can be relationships. But we need to make ourselves available for God available for him to use us, become obedient to the word. And I love it how in in Samson, it talks about the amazing strength that he had when he was focused on God. He overcame the lion, but then with Delilah's whisper, this was stronger than the roar. He overcame the gates of Gaza, but Delilah's arms were stronger than the locks. He overcame a thousand Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey. Could you imagine that? A jawbone of a donkey. That would just be amazing to watch. But yet Delilah's scissors were stronger. And you see, the thing with Samson is when he took his eyes away from Jesus, when he made himself not available, it's possibly one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible. It's in Judges 16, verse 20. And it says this. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Could you imagine how sad it would be that you knew the characteristics of Jesus? You made yourself available for him. But then as soon as you took your eyes off the ball, as soon as you took your eyes away from that, that you did not realize that he had departed from you. And sadly for me, I, I knew a friend who is partly the reason why I got saved. He was a, a friend of mine in primary school and he was a Christian. He was somebody that I looked up to. He had his eyes focused on Jesus, but what happened was he fell away from him. He got distracted. And he now no longer follows Christ. 
And he actually gave me my very first Bible, and that's the Bible that I got saved through. And it's so tough when you see him and you speak to him and you think, you know, you used to, you used to know the character of Jesus. You used to make yourself available for him. But now he's fallen distant and he's fallen away. And I just want to encourage you this morning that when you make yourself available, he will use you. And in 2006, I went on a missions trip to Bulgaria. And I said, Father, here I am. Use me. I want to be available for you. And one of the days when we were in Bulgaria, we went to an elderly person's home. And when we arrived there, you know, if you could imagine an elderly person's home here, there tends to be a lot of grass, benches outside, nice accommodation. They've got the emergency cords that they can pull. And I want you to imagine Bulgaria. We turned up to what looked like a warehouse or an industrial estate, and there was this building that was four or five stories high with no working lift. I'm talking about elderly people that are in wheelchairs, that are disabled, and there's no lift for them to actually get out of their room. And on this particular day, we went outside, and it was just slabs with weeds. There was no nice scenery for these people to sit in. And I asked myself, where's Jesus? Where is Jesus amongst us? And it was my turn to share my testimony. And I started to talk about how I got saved. And as I was sharing that, there was a particular lady on the right-hand side of the room who just started crying. And I thought, right, I'm nervous as it is, so I'm going to start speaking over here. So I kind of aimed over here, but naturally, as human instinct, I started to look back, and I could just see this lady. The tears were just getting heavier and heavier, and I, I really didn't know what to do. And after I'd finished sharing my testimony, the translator who was with us came running up to me and said, there's somebody you need to meet. And I thought, not a problem, I'll come with you. And of course, it happens to be this one lady that has been crying the whole way through my testimony. I thought I'd said something to, to really upset her, but this is what she said to me. The translator said that as you shared your testimony, this lady saw Jesus because she lost her son four months ago and he was on a journey to find Christ, but she did not know if he had found him, if he had found Christ. And when I was sharing my testimony, this lady saw Jesus standing in front of everyone, holding her son. And specific, she didn't hear a thing I said. All she heard was me saying to her, your son is with me now. There's no need to worry. And when you've had that experience, when you've made yourself vulnerable, when you've made yourself available to God, and he uses you like that, your life is transformed forever. When you know the character of God, when you can take away the distractions, when you can take away the fact that it's, there's no lift, there's four stories high, there's no, nowhere nice for these people to go, when you can remove the distractions and focus on Jesus and make yourself available for him, he will use you. And it says in Philippians 4.13, 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if you want to be like Daniel in the Bible, you must become available for Jesus. If you want to be like Elijah, you must make yourself available to Jesus. If you want to have the strength like Samson, you must make yourself available to Jesus. Once you know his character, and once you know, and once you've made yourself available, you must explore the anointing that you have. You must explore the anointings that are on your life. You see, what I never told you at the beginning was that the Wally character was actually created as an explorer. The whole concept behind Wally was that he was a creator to travel around in different scenes and different images. And I believe we need to explore the anointings that, that Jesus has placed in our life. And it's exactly what Jimmy said earlier. This big team meeting that's happening is to allow anyone who serves to come along and to explore the anointings that might be upon you. And I just feel that, you know, Jesus can speak to us like Elijah, like a still, silent voice, or he could come to us like a mighty roar, but we need to be expecting it. We need to put ourselves out there, make ourselves vulnerable. And I just believe that with that, what comes with that is if you could imagine when you, when you walk into a church and when you come to join a service, I want you to imagine it like a funnel, like a funnel and if you would just get involved with the church, just get in, in line with, with the vision that God's had for you and the vision that he has for the church, what happens is God will start to use you in different areas. And it may be that, you know, for the next animate, Mike and Claire might need somebody to come and flip the burgers. That's fine. Get involved. And what happens is like a funnel, God gradually pushes you down until you find your anointing. And to be honest, I would say that we actually witnessed this this morning with Isaac. You know, he got involved with the worship band and God's been working him and working him. And before you know it, he's up there leading the worship. He's exploring the anointing that is upon his life. And I just want to encourage you this morning to find your anointing, to find how God can use you. We must align what Jesus had planned for us by knowing his character, become available. And it says this in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 to 34. Now may the Lord God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. I'll read that in the message this time. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he will do it. You see, when you're exploring your anointing, 
if God has called you to that particular anointing, if God has called you to do that particular thing, he is the, when it says there, he is faithful, he is the one that has called you for that, and therefore he will do it. And we need to have faith that that will happen. I think exactly what Stephen said, that when you're preparing your first preach and your first sermon, you've got no sense of timing. Because <laughs> I think I've just rattled through that a bit too quick. <laughs> so apologies for that. Um, but you know what? There's no point in me waffling on. So I've actually got, well, obviously without the band coming back on, we've got a, a worship song that I wanted to put on. I just wanted people to actually just spend the next four or five minutes just, just asking yourself, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus in your life right now? Let's try and find Jesus. And you know, it, it may be that, that today, you know, you, you might not even know who this Jesus character is. This may be the first time you've ever been to church. But I just believe that if you start to learn his character, you find the Father. You might have been a Christian for years. You might know the character of God. But maybe you need to realign and make yourself more available. You see, before I went to Bulgaria, I, I thought to myself that I was living my life for Christ. I knew the character of God. But if you were to ask me where Jesus was in my life, I wouldn't have been able to answer it. I'd never had that moment that moment where, where Jesus is just standing there comforting me and holding me. That was the first time I had experienced that. Or maybe today that you've, maybe you've been a Christian for, for years, 20, 30 years, but you've grown stale to the character of God, the character of Jesus, and you've forgotten about his magnitude and his majestic love for us. And maybe this morning, you just feel that you just want to restore that love for him and just, just get to know his character, get to know his anointing over your life. And as I said, I know I've went through this faster than I was planning to, but I was just wondering if we can just, just dim the lights around the side, guys, and just, just when we put this worship song on, I just want you to think about where Jesus is in your life. What is Jesus talking to you about just now? How can you find Jesus? How can you find Jesus? Just when you're ready, guys.
Could keep the lights off and keep the video playing, please. Just while we close on Michael's word, I want to stay in this presence, and I'm sure many will agree it was a fantastic word. He did incredible coming up here and giving us the word of God. But probably the bit that's touched me the most was his openness to the pain in his life, to stand up and talk about the loss of his mother. And I know many of you maybe didn't know that, and perhaps some of you guys.